Hello, we've been expecting you. Welcome to the For Your Ears Only podcast. My name is Jack and I'm joined by fellow host Derek. Over the series of the show, we will be discussing all of the James Bond movies in order to rediscover our love for the films and to learn a few new things along the way. In each episode, we will deep dive into the actors, the gadgets, the villains and the music. We will also be uncovering little-known facts and discussing our favourite Bond moments and how these have contributed to the film's enduring legacy. We even have three questions throughout the episode that only the biggest Bond fans will answer correctly. So strap yourself to that jetpack and get those martinis shaken as we are about to begin. Hello and welcome to episode 003... Goldfinger, 1964, directed by Guy Hamilton. The third of the Bond films, the third of the podcast episodes. Like the Bond films, we are starting to find our feet. Are we? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, before we go into the the two minutes which you are going to be doing this week, I want to ask Jack, what is your earliest memory of Goldfinger? Of Goldfinger? Specifically of Goldfinger. Specifically of Goldfinger. And I'll explain why I'm asking this very oh, specific question. I remember more my grandparents right. talking about it because mm-hmm. either they went to the Glasgow premiere or they'd just seen it. I can't remember specifically, but they do. They used to talk about the premiere and Honor Blackman having the golden finger at the premiere. She had like a big jewel golden finger that was gold finger at the premiere. All oh, right. And I remember my grand kept always would talk about seeing Honor Blackman with the, the golden finger. And then I looked up recently that okay. they did actually have a, a Glasgow premiere. I don't know if they actually went to it or just seen it. Where was it? Showcase. <laughs> the showcase in Glasgow. <laughs> but that's probably that's my earliest memory is just them talking about it. I can't remember the first time I ever watched it. Yeah, I think the reason for me asking is I think that Goldfinger was one of the first James Bond films I seen, or at least my earliest right. memory of James Bond. And my dad was the same. Like, I think my dad actually seen Goldfinger before Doctor No from Rush with Love. I think it was right. the same with a lot of people because Doctor No did what Doctor No did, and it kind of established James Bond from Rush with Love made it a bit more intense, and then. Goldfinger came in yeah. like a titan of a movie with obviously new yeah, director. It was so inflated, like no one had ever seen anything like this before. And I think it gets so much hype from the first two. Mm-hmm. And then this one comes in and just obliterates everything. I don't even know how well it did in terms yeah. of like I think film success, it, but Yeah. It was a massive it, it it became huge, like took over the world basically. Uh, I know the first two were, were pretty successful, but then I think this one just exploded. Nothing like it. Yeah. And I think, we'll obviously get onto it, but I think Goldfinger did so many things right that it yeah. made the formula for not just James Bond films, uh-huh. but quite a lot of Old action spy. films, spy films, action films. Yep. The formula for what gets people... Not just bums in the seats, but gets people actually talking about it. Yeah, excited. excited. Years on came from this film. And I think probably the best description I can do for this film compared to the other two is this film is more absurd. In <laughs> most ways, it's absurd. Yeah. 
but people don't look at it and go, ah, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, that's that the would point. That like it's just like, okay, did you see that? Like that's <laughs> that's the level we're on. And even the films after that, they they share the same formula. Mm-hmm. Even the best Bond films nowadays. Yeah, still have some elements that, of this. Yeah, that's that's what's quite good yeah, about it. Yeah, definitely. This was kind of, I guess you could say, the archetype film. Yeah. Every screenplay after this was basically a yes. copy of it. Yes. So we've established that we both like this film. Oh, yeah, very much. Um, at this point, before we go into the two minutes, um, you will notice that we are wearing nice T-shirts, unironed for your ears only. Straight out the box. And, uh, and, some, and some mugs as well, which you can buy on our store which will be linked um, in the link tree or somewhere two mugs holding two mugs exactly shape part <laughs> to begin with <laughs> doesn't get any better it's going be all week <laughs> too early uh, so at this point we're going on to two minutes so you have to try your absolute best mm-hmm. to do, do you have is that the ring no, I don't. No. People are going to keep asking why you say that. One day you'll wear the ring, but you are wearing your James Bond socks, but we're not yeah. going to discuss it anymore. We've heard enough about the James Bond we'll socks. We'll get on to that after, maybe. I'll just I'll briefly show you. No. In fact, we'll show you them now. No, please They're don't. green. And who's on them this time? Uh, odd job With his magic hat, yes. which we'll get on to. Yes. His magic hat. <laughs> he does wear a magic hat. Yes, so let's do the, uh, the two minutes and we will... Are you ready? Are you actually ready? Uh, this is, you you this forgot is, it was your shot. This is a very hard one because it's kind of convoluted and it goes on. But okay. It does go on. So, uh, we'll stay a little bit. And... Go. Okay, so the film opens with James Bond blowing up a drug dealer's lair in South America. Totally unrelated. Uh, that's a pre-title sequence. Then after the titles... We see James Bond is in holiday in Miami, relaxing. Felix Leiter comes up to him with a message from M to say he needs to look into a mysterious Mr. Goldfinger, who coincidentally is staying at the same hotel at the same time. And um, James Bond then, with the assistance of Goldfinger's friend or girlfriend, then... blackmails him into losing at cards because he's been cheating this guy so they then have intimate relations and turn and odd job the villain takes care of the girl Jill and then that's a famous scene she gets painted gold one minute left oh my god right okay so (laughs) 10 minutes into the film (laughs) (laughs) he has to go on the trail of Goldfinger he goes to Switzerland, finds out what's wrong with him. He's actually been smuggling gold across borders. Um, then he overhears Goldfinger talking about Operation Gla- Grand Slam, which takes us to Kentucky, where he reveals his full plan to the American mobsters before killing him. And he wants to radiate all the gold supply in Fort Knox to make his gold supply even better. With the help of his of Goldfinger's pilot, uh, Pussy Galore, um, he, he alerts the US military who come in and just before he's about to set off the bomb, James Bond stops it um, 
He then gets asked by the president to go meet him, and the and the, the plane gets hijacked by Goldfinger out of time. No. So that's so the film ends with the plane getting hijacked by Goldfinger. James Bond does nothing. <laughs> oh, there's what so much in that. Um, you spent the first minute talking about the opening 15 minutes of the film. <laughs> I forgot how long. Uh, so what happens after that? Oh yeah, so Goldfinger is actually hijacks the plane meant to take him to the White House. They have a fight. Goldfinger shoots his gun and gets sucked out of the hole of in the plane. Yes. Um, the plane goes down, but Pussy Galore and James Bond survive they they manage to survive somehow and then the film ends with them nicely wrapped how, up how in do a, they survive because they're in the cockpit and then they're not the plane ex- hits the water and then it explodes like the Hollywood the plane does. explodes and then we see them wrapped up in a parachute and it ends with there's no time this is no time to be rescued and then that's it wait a minute isn't it I've just realised that they're in Kentucky yes when they get in this plane I believe so uh huh and they're flying to Washington. Yes. Why? Why, do they, no why, why do they have a body of water? <laughs> Wait, where's this body of water that they've had? That is true. There is no. Maybe it's a big lake, or maybe benefit. Of the maybe day. they've just not really thought. <laughs> There's uh, many plot holes in this. Right, that, so we that, failed. That was, that was quite good. No, we failed. No, that was that was fine. Like, like, On our third you film, need, you need like the golden eye sound of what is it? You failed or. Blood, Jack is dead, and I will do the podcast myself <sighs> as Jack is dead. Right, uh, so that was quite good. There, the is, there is a lot to take up with with that film. There's yeah. a lot to say, and in fact, the plot is full of so many holes. <laughs> I would, I would say, absurd. That. <laughs> it is absurd. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's got a duck in his head at the start. He has a duck in his head, and he's wearing a white tuxedo underneath. But he's got like suit. a silk. No, he's got his wetsuit, and then he's got a black silk outfit, uh-huh. and then a white tuxedo, yeah. which are all completely dry. Completely dry, and you know, yeah. <laughs> ah, but then you see the first um, product placement, I guess. What is the first product placement? His watch. His Rolex. Oh, the Rolex, yeah. Yeah, well, there is more branding in this. I think this this film is significantly more cinematic than the other films. And actually keeps that in the shot that I really liked, which I bet Guy Hamilton was like, yes, was the the overhead scene at the start when it's going over Miami and going over Mm. the hotel. Mm -hmm. And there's the guy who's in the top... Uh, diving board oh, he yeah, dives and the helicopter follows him and just as he hits the water it turns to the not the underwater camera but the camera that's in the glass panel yeah, of the pool no, and there is, and he must have been like because the rest of it a lot of aerial shots a lot of flexing the aerial shots planes well it had the budget was bigger than both the previous two combined should have been oh, I that think so the budget of the first two was like a million each or something yeah. Well, and that was more than that. You mentioned about it, Robin Fort Knox. That was the main. That was, that the, was the, the crescendo main. of the. Yeah. The so um, in the book, he's actually the book is here. Does the book follow the film? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Basically, there's some added scenes, but in the book, he does actually attempt to steal the gold. Right. And then that's rectified as being a bit too absurd. Yeah. And he 
has fart absurd for this film. He has to like make it peak radioactive. Yeah, I think the radioactive one is quite an interesting one because, um, before we go into that, do we do the first question? Okay, question number one, everybody. Right now, pay attention, 007. What day of the week is the attack on Fort Knox? I think that's quite an easy question. You think that's easy? I think most people will get it. I asked my brother that and he had no idea. Well, Aaron! We've established he's not very good. <laughs> um, you mentioned about the history. There's actually not a lot of history that goes on at the time and I was looking for relevant history. Yeah. So I found a couple of different okay, good. nuggets of information. Um, the main thing, I'd, I'd say as well with this film, the reason that they did this film in America is purely for American audiences, as far as I'm aware. They wanted mm. something a bit close to home in mainland America. Woohoo, yeah! Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yankee boys. <laughs> uh, there was a Kennedy the assassination the year before, 1963. Yep. Um, Alcatraz also shut as well. Another Ooh. impregnable? Yeah, impregnable. Impregnable um, building. Fortress. Don't know why it's relevant. People kind of get out of Alcatraz and people kind of get into Fort Knox. Um, but something that I found... Quite interesting about the gold at the time, and not a lot of people know about this. Okay. So here is another boring fact that nobody cares about. Everybody wait. So the the history of Fort Knox is Fort Knox has actually guarded quite a lot of things. Okay. Um, only one president has ever been inside Fort Knox. Oh. Presidents don't get automatic access to it. Only a certain group of people are allowed access to it. Now, rumor is it it holds at least half. Of the US's bullion reserve currently. Mm-hmm. However, no one can verify that. The last time someone was in, I believe, was the 70s when they were rebuilding the vault. Um, and I think it was Jimmy Carter that seen it. I could be wrong. Okay. But only one president that's seen it. Um, the reason that the gold is quite a specific thing is in 1933, FDR took or made a law that took all of the gold from US citizens. Okay. Robbed, no, didn't rob them, but. Um, fuck them over. That's probably the best way of describing <laughs> it. So the, the reason for this is it was during the Depression. America yeah. didn't have any money. They needed spending. FDR put in some policies to try and generate spending and generate the economy. Now, at the time, you can... Still to this day as well, you can only print a certain amount of money for what you have in gold reserves. Yeah. You can't just print money. That causes um, yeah, back problems. Then. Yeah. I.e. after World War One with with Germany um, so in order to do this he needed more gold reserves to print more money because mm-hmm. they could only print one dollar for every 40 cents worth of gold that they had in reserve okay. so what they did is they asked people to hand in their gold gold bars lots of gold coins they could keep jewellery and right. certain commemorative gold coins but everything else had to be handed in like forced it, yes there was carrot and stick so the carrot was we will give you twenty dollars per ounce of gold right the stick is if you don't give us it and we find out we will give you a 10 grand fine oh, which wow. in today's money is $280,000 or probably 300000 now and up to five years in jail. Oh really? So wow. Bob geld off give us your fucking gold uh, uh-huh. turned into that. Um, <laughs> now America or the American government had all this gold they needed more places to put it. Fort Knox was one of them. They had all this money here. Um, the year after, they changed the price of gold up to thirty cents or thirty dollars an ounce. Right. Hence, why everyone was pissed off because now they had even less money. Yeah, money was yeah. less valuable, and they had all that there. Um, but up until nineteen seventy one, the amount of dollars that were in circulation had to be no more than forty cents per ounce of what the US yeah. holds in gold. 
Richard Nixon changed that. Yeah, he took off the gold standard. Yeah. So if Goldfinger was successful, mm-hmm. obviously the price of gold goes up because it's now rarity. It's not rare. You just can't get access to it. Yep. But would that have collapsed the economy? Because technically they've not lost the gold. It's just they can't get to it for a while. You can't use it. Yeah, I was going to say the time, but that's the next question. Uh-huh. Uh, they can't get to it, but... Yeah, I didn't know that about gold. I thought, oh, that's interesting. How everyone at the time was raging at the government. Yeah, you got forced to take their gold. I didn't. I didn't. They had to do it. Yeah, that's why I think there was a Just point to when build it was back the economy. They needed it. Yeah, they needed it to 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 hold that certain amount of gold, and then the gold was traded. So there's a fun fact. So when no the gold got taken off the gold standard, or the yeah, the gold standard, um, and then money just became. Basically, debt worthless. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. Nowadays, it's like I say. I say working for a bank. Like uh-huh. they do. They don't. Someone doesn't give ten grand, uh-huh. and then they say, "Well, we'll give you two percent interest per month," which will equate to maybe a thirty-day month about forty pence. Yeah. Um, they don't then give that ten grand to someone who needs a loan of ten grand. They say, "Well, uh-huh. you need to pay back interest of like six percent." They it, because it's digital. They just say we'll just keep that and we'll just digitize you ten grand. Yeah, so I it's think all just for every dollar you can lo- loan out ten now or something. The banks can. It doesn't really make a difference just because they, they just because digitize it. It's it. not real. It does. It's not held against anything with it. It's not real. Yeah, you can't cash wow, it. Wow, off track. Welcome, <laughs> the money podcast. Uh, so that's that's only history I've got. Do you have any any interesting? I don't have any things? massive links, but I guess. 1964, some tenuous links I've got here would be Beatlemania. Oh, yeah. So Beatlemania, this is when they go on the Ed Sullivan show and they're massive in America. But James Bond doesn't like them, does he? James Bond doesn't like them. Grumpy old bastard. Yeah, because he's an old man (laughs) in the 60s. She's so happy. Um, Okay. Yeah, so Beatlemania is raging. So basically, it's the start of the British invasion, really, with the Stones and everything. But I didn't. I, I never thought about James Bond being part of that. But it all happened together. So obviously, America yeah. is just like flooded it's with like British a, culture. It's technically like a, a British export. Yeah. At that point, because then the Americans haven't heard any, or anyone in the world hadn't heard anything like that. No. So this was the new, the new thing. I think at that point as well, anything that's new is like. Yeah. Yes. Anything well, shining gold. Gold. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will just we'll take it on. That's quick. That's yeah, interesting. That's, yeah, that's good. Not a lot of history in, in, um influenced the film, but I think no. the the fact that it was in America was obviously a big thing for American audiences to yeah. be like, yes, he's in America. We're, we're he's able. helping America. Yes, against this, saves this America. foreigner. It's all. Austrian. Oh, oh. Austrian, isn't he, Goldfinger? Um. The actor's German. I don't know what Goldfinger. Oh, right. No, he says he's English. He doesn't sound English. Is that not the cl- the line in the film? I don't know. Hmm. I know he's dubbed. You told me that he was yeah. dubbed again. Something I never really paid attention to. But then when uh, I watched it again, those bits where he's clearly speaking quietly, uh-huh. yet the voice actor's going yelling. But no, it was quite good. It was quite good. That I would have thought. In a major film like that, if the Beatles were watching it and then suddenly they just like basically trash trashing them, that it's weird how 
I think George Harrison actually went and bought a DB5 after the film. I'll show him. I'll show him. <laughs> and then also Paul McCartney went and did his did the song like yeah. a few years later. Mm. Or maybe was, they were just like, oh wow, we got mentioned in the James Bond film. I think it was written in or do you think that's just Sean Connery's feelings? Think it was Sean that doesn't like the beat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, apart from that, they've got nothing really. Nothing really. For the world history that, that relates to this. Other than America. Yeah. It was quite good though. I think the the, the formula does work with it. Um, obviously the cast mm-hmm. stays the same for a lot of it. James Bond is still Sean Connery. The U is Money Penny in this film? Yes. Briefly. Briefly. Because um I don't remember. He's asked what did she say? She asked him out. Can, like to meet that evening and then M buzzes through to say no he has a dinner date with oh him. yeah something like that because there was the the meeting explaining the gold and as a child I never knew any of this but I just fast forwarded oh, to that the, I didn't care the for bank it but then watching again I, I started to understand it was like, all right he's a gold person who's import and moving it between countries and nobody knows how he's doing it but then yeah. he explains that he actually has like gold vehicles that are then taken yeah. and smelted he down, and, down and, and such which is quite it's interesting but then it's like can you get away with that in your life it's it's smuggling so no well not i mean i mean is it easy to do can you do that like if you melted your gold bar into say your headlamps or something and you could just cross borders <coughs> undetected even now yeah you could but i don't think I don't think they're as strict with the movement of gold. Heroin, I think they would have an issue with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think you could melt down heroin. Yeah, no way you could drive that. I don't even know now if they're that. I, I don't know what the the um, especially with the EU now you can go anywhere. Well, we can't. <laughs> no, the cars made of like tomatoes. <laughs> That car smells like tomatoes and peppers. And a lot of heroin. (laughs) Tomatoes, peppers, and heroin. Heroin. (laughs) The most exported thing. What Britain wants, right? Yes. Uh, So, with the the cast, a lot of them stay the same. A lot of new people coming through. Yeah. Um, A lot of iconic people as well. Obviously, Pussyglore is probably one of the, the, the most iconic. I wouldn't even go as far as Roles. saying Bond girl, yeah, role that comes in because it's that yeah. it's one of those things where it's a picture where a picture doesn't need sound. You know exactly which that, but which is leaning over. Yeah, she's leaning over in the plane. Everyone knows exactly what everyone she's going to say. Yeah, um, Goldfinger, gold like obviously, odd job as as a villain, a more of a henchman. He was maybe the the he, archetypal henchman. Yeah, I think he. He has more staying power than Goldfinger, really. He's got more people yes. know who he is. Yeah. Just even by his silhouette. Yeah. The silhouette, the hat, which yep. Rachel describes as the magic hat. Because she's like, well, it bends on... I think she's at bends on corners, <laughs> but it doesn't bend on corners. It just goes in a straight line. But then I'm defending this thing, which is... It's absurd. Just shoot them. <laughs> Why do you... <laughs> it, absurd. Yes. yes. That's going to be the word of the day. Yeah. Absurd. We're going to keep an absurd Why does counter. It, yeah, it, I, get, I guess it does. Sort was of was that in the books? Through trees. I don't know. Can't remember. Can't remember. But yeah, I think it's one of those, it's a unique skill. He's also very strong, I assume, from crushing a golf ball. Can you do that as well? 
I'm can I do sure it? I definitely can't crush a gold ball. You with look my like head. you could get that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was not like a Mythbusters episode where they try and crush a golf ball like that. With a hand. Or something. I can't remember. With like a hydraulic press. <laughs> Probably <laughs> that would work. I yeah. don't know if uh, no. I don't know why that was intimidating. Because like, surely if he can do that, he can beat anyone. Like the hand to hand fight at the end. Like he just keeps throwing him around. I don't know uh-huh. if he's just trying to delay him from defusing the bomb, but he could just kill him. Yeah, totally. If he can destroy a golf ball, he could easily like crush his skull. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pussy galore. <laughs> he could like just kill him, but he could. That's not his. Like, chops him every now and then. <laughs> chops him outside the fridge. Chops him again. Yes. Yeah, I know that he at the. Fridge when he chops him at the fridge, um, Sean Connery actually got injured. Did he? Um, yeah. Did he hit him and go? That's for the Beatles. <laughs> so he, the McCartney's still there send the regard. Yeah, McCartney. Yeah, his name is Harold Cicata. I wrote that down because I couldn't remember. Okay. So he actually injured Sean Connery in that scene. Good. And he had to take a few days off, and which led to him saying he didn't really want to do it anymore. Sean Connery? Uh huh, he didn't really want to do the film. He was resisted coming back. And then. What a knob. <laughs> and then Why? he got offered 5% of the profits of every James Bond film he was in if he stayed. Oh, no, it's a claim. It's a claim, that's what it is. Oh, no, I need more money. <laughs> Only money can save me, then. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't buy that. <laughs> I think, you know what I think it is? I think the actor that plays audio, he was like, here, Sean, Sean, you want some more money? But I, I want 1% of what you get. <laughs> I want some money. <laughs> like, no, I, nah, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about but, that. But, but Sean Connery would go off and do that a few times, not just in James Bond films, but in his career, he would always hold out for the money. There's a part of the merchant here, isn't there? Well, I think Never Say Never Again we can see I've never actually seen that film I've never seen it either um, so I think we probably should watch and review that yeah just as a maybe. bonus episode because I don't know what it's about and I just know that John Connor returned for money and the hairpiece is most definitely prominent yeah and saying that this is the first film he actually wears a hairpiece this early I thought he wears some in From Russia With Love no this is the first film he does it <laughs> Street Universe. <laughs> oh no, I said it again. He said it. Uh, something that I did actually notice with this film, and I actually really liked it, is um, how intimidating Goldfinger is. The other films are kind of theatrical. Goldfinger is actually quite scary. And there was a couple of points, like the... After the golf scene, he's going, I think we've, um, we've met each other twice now, and I think this should be the last. Yeah. And... John Connery's like, uh, oh no, I'll just show go for, uh, James Bond is like, oh no, it's fine, oh, you're afraid of for a repeat game. And they're going, uh-huh. I think we both know what we mean. See that one that I was like, oh, that's chilling. That's yeah. scary. And then the laser scene uh-huh. where he just doesn't care. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, no, there's nothing else you can tell me about this. Nope. I expect you to die. Uh-huh. The other thing is, well, he said one of your colleagues identified you as 007. Who? Who was that? Uh, no, that's a line I didn't get. That's never explained as to who that was. So someone gave him up, but he just doesn't care. Uh-huh. But he doesn't want to kill him in case the information he has is passed on to someone else, so he's just yeah, keeping them... Yeah, 008 replaces yeah, me, isn't it? He's keeping them alive, so the authorities can see that he's alive and well and nothing's nothing's, nothing's going wrong with yeah. it. Um, 
That's my view on yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite he is quite menacing through it all. I don't quite understand why he needs the gold to be get does he not have enough? He just wants to make his more valuable, like any sort of megalomaniac kind of guy. Yeah. But he's more real, I guess. You're right. He's more a lot more real than Doctor No. He's actually pissed off. Like or he's not like some fantasy villain that strokes a cat. He he's just an actual guy who wants like, more money. Yeah, that's real. that. Yeah, he's just he's yeah. He's just a megalomaniac. That's probably the best description. But he is menacing in the point where he's actually getting annoyed with James Bond and be like, "Will you leave me alone?" Yeah. But then at the end, he's like, "Actually, I kind of kill you. I need to keep you here." And then at the racetrack, I'll bring him out. Those guys are looking, bring him out. Everything's fine. Just yeah. keep him here. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Frightening. A frightening character. He is a good good villain. Yeah. Played there, by Geert Froke. There was a point that, uh, that Rachel made as well when I was talking about the, the Masterson sisters. Mm-hmm. It was the first Masterson was killed by gold paint, which I think that was on Mythbusters and that's not true. Yeah. Um, but then Tilly Masterson does nothing adds nothing to the plot other than tripping the alarm yeah. to get everyone to come out. She trips the alarm, misses yes. the shot on the mountainside. Yes. But she doesn't really... She does nothing else. She gets, her, she, gets her, she gets her car destroyed and goes, uh-huh. oh, a double blowout. And I was like, what about the shredded bodywork <laughs> as well? <laughs> like, Who could have done such a thing? How oh, did no, this happen? Both tyres are burst and also the side of your car is missing. <laughs> and she's like, oh no, what's happened to you? <laughs> yeah, surely they must know because she shot at him basically so she knows what he looks like. And then they all act as if they don't know each other. Yeah, it's very weird. That plot, that plot, <laughs> plot hole number one. Um, that was yeah. I don't have anyone else in the cast to to kind of bring out. From well, that. I, I actually liked. I liked the Honor Blackman was in it. So this was probably the first time where they get another big name, well known name. In was the she film. quite big at the time? Because she was in the TV show The Avengers. Was she at the time? And she actually had to leave that role to come and do this film. Like, Avengers also had. Um, What's yeah. her name? What's her name? Her name is Diana Rigg. Yes, yes. Diana Rigg actually yeah. replaced her in <gasps> the Avengers, and then she went on to do another what a bitch. Book. Yeah, which is quite cool actually. I like okay. that. But yeah, yeah, she was a big name, and that's why she, she had to, she could do judo and all that in the Avengers, and that's why they kind of added that to the film that she right. was like some acrobat judo person. Yeah, in the book she's a lesbian. On her black. In film yeah, as well. the, yeah, well, it doesn't really say. She does say, um, you You're, can turn off the charm, I'm immune. Yeah, and that's about as good as it gets. Yes. I suppose as well, like, there's the bit where uh, she does get annoyed. In fact, it's twice that I think, I do know, I think, I think James Bond is jealous of Goldfinger. Because at the start <laughs> with uh, Jill Masterson, uh-huh. tell, no. Joe Masterson. Yep. He's like, he pays me. They go, just to play cards. Just to play cards. And that's that's yeah. like, no, nothing else. You uh-huh. seen that man? No, nothing else. And then Pussy Galore as well was just going, I think it implies the same thing. Or what does he pay for? Yeah, and he he just going, I'm a damn good pilot. Like that. <laughs> it's where accent. it's like, no, no. Yeah, you, just, you seen this guy? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think James Boyd is just kind of like, he does, he does have a bit of an issue, to be honest. He does have an issue. Yeah, even like Tilly Masterson, he's like, I'm going to follow her. And he actually goes, 
Discipline double yeah. Discipline. Do not follow the girl. <laughs> yeah. Changing, girl changing his ways. And then he doesn't. Mm. One, I, I seen that I actually do quite like, not a Bond moment, which we'll get onto, but I seen, I do like, and I always liked it when I watched it when I was younger, is the, uh, the, the jail scene where... Ah, I do like that scene <laughs> where he sort of disappears. <laughs> then the picture goes... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when he goes down. Why did the guard go? I'm going to go. He, he must have escaped <laughs> from his cell. Yeah, I quit. that did a wee bit of comedy. This film is quite funny at points I as well. That's, yeah. Going back to the start, that is probably one of my first memories of the film is that scene. In the jail? In the jail cell. Because yeah. I found it funny, but also... Like, oh, wow, how did he get on the ceiling? How did he get the, on the, the ceiling? This, the absurdity of this film is quite funny at points because there's Goldfinger's death. Yep. Iconic. Um, there is also the the army being taken out by planes which are, I'm going to estimate, two or three hundred feet in the air mm. with small, even if they are pressurised gas canisters. What volume of air are they? I know the gas wasn't really there, but surely even the pilots are going... Oh, they're dropping off quickly. That's yeah. It shouldn't be this effective. <laughs> shouldn't be this easy. Whole and I always kind of look out for the extras, like falling and going. Yeah, slow, just trying to slowly kind of going down on them. Um, yeah, those bits are like not laughable, but yeah, they're quite they're quite funny. Yeah, but uh, it's the sixties again. It's like the sixties punching. That's like a mile away from the face. And they fall or it's down. a punch and it's like pow yeah <laughs> suck suck it to ya with Batman uh, yeah I have that I have get Frobe a little facts about him so he's German mm-hmm. he wasn't the only one that auditioned for the role he wanted somebody else but he genuinely couldn't speak any English so they patched him and went with this guy Gert Frobe okay. who, who they'd seen in a film right in late and by the time he got onto the set, it was too late to recast him when they found out again that he couldn't speak much English, get frobe. Could he not? That's why he had to get yeah, redubbed. Who's the casting director for these films? Just all these obvious errors. <laughs> obviously not very good. How come we're fired? Yeah. Who brought him here? He can't speak English. <laughs> you gave well, him the script? Can, can he read the script? All these people that are in the films that are dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so he couldn't speak English or what, what he did do was like learn his lines phonetically but he couldn't, the pacing and everything was wrong so that's why they had to redub him to someone that could... That must be hard to act against because mm-hmm. then they might he might have said something that was complete gibberish and the actor's like, is that, yeah. is that the next line? Like, And know. if you've only learned it phonetically you can't like act it different ways you can only act to that one way that you've learned to say it that one way yeah so that's why that's partly why he got dubbed and it's been called actually one of the best dubbings in cinema you don't really notice it you don't know. a lot unless you're looking out for if it you're looking out thing. For it, it is pretty good because the actor is good like with his because like, the most iconic line from him is I expect you to die uh-huh. and he goes and he does and it looks and as if drops he's it out and uh-huh. it does look like it so yeah hats off to Gerard Robin who his real was. voice is actually in one scene there's the scene? the scene where he's explaining to the mobsters Operation Grand Slam and it's James Bond's underneath looking through the model 
Okay. That is what you hear in the background is Gert Frobe's actual voice. It doesn't sound any different. I know. I listened to it the other day and it hardly... Why are they making it harder for themselves? <laughs> hardly sounds any different. 18 billion! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. I think as well that character is also maybe kind of set the benchmark for villains mm-hmm. where sometimes I don't need an ulterior motive. Sometimes I am just a bastard. Yeah. Like gold member like for Austin Powers. <laughs> That's just like... The Dutch. I love gold! <laughs> Goldfinger does say that. Uh-huh. All my life I've been in love with its colour. Like, yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. Like, he just, he likes gold and he wants more, more of it. it. Yeah, it's just, it's as simple as that. It's, it's yeah. just, I'm a very greedy man. It's not, it's not like trying to take over the world or kill everybody or all these weird things. No. Why would you do I that? I might say a nook off, but it's your job to not interfere. And it will just go underground. That's all I'm asking. Uh-huh. No one will be killed other than the many, many soldiers that I'm going to guess. Yeah, another point that makes him quite chilling, like you were saying earlier, is when he was like, if you tell anyone, I can set it off anywhere. I'll just set it off. Yeah, just and very like, oh, casually. Oh. Just like, oh, okay. It's in the country, I might set it off. And Where's it going to be? We'll see what happens, yeah. That's I know strange, that um, the film was actually banned in Israel. Why? For a brief period of time because Gert Froh was in it, a German who had links in World War Two. So oh no. that's why Israel banned it. But it turns out And he out, thrown down the Nazi gold bar. Yeah. <laughs> He's said, I've seen this before. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> My name's on it. But yeah, apparently it got briefly banned and then they realised that he was actually a good German and helped people family to escape. So they reinstated the film. I think that the, probably the most iconic thing of this film is the gadgets. Mm. Just to list off, I think mostly it's the car. So oh, yeah. to list off the car, obviously it was a DB5 that was meant to be a Bentley, but then the Bentley was what have I written down here? Had its day. Had its day. Just decommissioned. Yeah. I think because it's like a thirties Bentley you had. Yeah. So it's, it's got this new car. I like how well. there was no reason for it. They're just, yeah. here's one of the most expensive cars in the world. <laughs> Enjoy. At the taxpayer's expense. Yeah. So there was, it was bulletproof everywhere. Bulletproof glass. Uh, revolving number plates, which weren't actually used, but... No. Okay. Um, there was a homing device, which was quite clever, because a homing device could track the car, but you could also have one in the shoe, which is another, the good. radar thing. There was a smoke screen, <laughs> an oil slick, shield plate, front machine guns... Passenger ejector seat, which is an iconic moment, and tyre shredders. Yep. Most of those were used in the space of five minutes. Yeah, everything. I'm going to use everything here <laughs> to get away from these people. And still doesn't like, get what away. A, like, <laughs> the, the budget for Cuba, I just to go, oh, we've put all this stuff. See, that's a really expensive car. We've gutted it. Yeah. And we're putting all this other stuff in it. And the head went, I sure. And then it gets destroyed. Smoke screen? Sure. Oil slick? Sure. Machine guns? Sure. Go for it. <laughs> Just make everything. <laughs> Do you want the stuff in the boot? No, you can't, because there's, uh, there's actually a, a plate <laughs> here. Even though the glass is bulletproof, as you've said, we're going to put this other plate on top of it. But that was, again, iconic. Um, that was, like, the big thing about it. It was not just a flashy car. Mm. When everyone who... That car is now what anyone... 
Like, no one buys that car unless they've seen James Bond. Yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows. If somebody bought an Aston Martin DB5 at any point between the 60s and now, and oh. they went James Bond car, and the person said, who? Or, oh, I didn't know. Nah, he's off. Nah, you're, yeah. a, you're, you're a liar, my friend. Like, um, George Harrison, obviously, and King Charles has one. Yeah. But he's, like, converted it to run on uh, vegetable <laughs> <People>. oil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, no. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay then. <laughs> yeah, so poor people. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just ground up poor people. <laughs> Just slums. Um, yeah, yeah it so became massive and it then became a toy and everything and all the merchandise and even it's come back in so many. Yeah. Two films, at least. Yeah, the la- latest one. Four, three. Yeah. It's in the next film. Make so. it mind them, Jack. <laughs> uh, it's come out a lot, and again, it's like timeless classic. Nowadays, I think it must be over a million pounds to pay to get one. Recently, they brought out the... Aston Martin brought out the... They called it the James Bond, or the Goldfinger Continuation. Right. Which is... I can't remember how many they made. They made of the like replica of the car... And it has all the gadgets on it, but it's like fake shooting guns. Yeah. And it has all the that that stuff. Fake. And it has like the tra- the Homer device in it. That just makes <laughs> Homer it. device. Homer. Mm, donuts. <laughs> it, has all, it has all the stuff in okay. it. I can't remember if they only made seven or something like that, but they cost three point six million dollars. And it's not really road legal, obviously, because it has the revolving plates <laughs> and, like, fake guns that come you out. You also buy a tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that was the iconic bit. I think for all the marketing, I would imagine the DB5 is the thing. Uh-huh. Like, the ejector seat scene is... It's so iconic. It's like, oh, no, the gear stick. The guy's holding the gun, and he's like, hey, t- what are you doing? Yeah. What's that button do? <laughs> it takes all the time and then comes up, parachute, why? He's literally yeah. like 30 Save feet the off the ground <laughs> um, and then crashes the car. But yeah, I think with this film, they must have understood like the more gadgets, the better. Mm-hmm. That's it. But see, see this car, we need yeah. this car like out, like kitted out with the Everything. most extreme examples of weaponry. It needs to just be like so extreme. They they couldn't do much. I mean, the home device in the shoe was one thing. That was really as far as they could go. I think they couldn't do much more in terms of. I'm sure that appears again, doesn't it? Like the exact home device and like maybe a Pierce films. Yeah. See, I think about it. When was the last James Bond fired his gun once in the forest before he get captured? Never fires his gun again for the rest of the film. Never fires a gun or a weapon. Does he not? He has nine kills. Because I've seen a, a yeah. video talk about that. One of, them, one of them's odd job. We electrocutes. For the rest of the film, he doesn't. He just sits. He just tries not to die. He's in, he's in the prison. He doesn't shoot him in the prison. Yeah. Um, the guy at the very start with the shocking. Yeah. Positively shocking. He just doesn't shoot. He doesn't have a gun a lot. Um, no. So obviously that doesn't stay for the rest of the film. He does. He's armed a lot of the time. But he's not armed on his person. He just... He just makes himself a nuisance yeah. for the majority of the he's film. He's just a prisoner for most of it, really. Yeah, but he's so annoying. 
that they don't kill him and they just keep him a hostage. As a, as a hostage for the majority of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just a nuisance. He is a nuisance. <laughs> not some, there's not so much spying going on. Like the first two were good spy things, and then this is just um, infiltration. Is probably the best. He way He always gets it. caught. Yeah. Well, I mean, well he, he kind of gives himself up because he's there to play golf. Yeah. To try and learn a bit more about about the gold. He throws the gold almost like a threat. Mm-hmm. He wins five grand. Actually, where did that money go? And then he, he just tails, tails Goldfinger. Yeah. Um, so then gets caught and then it's just a nuisance from that point. Mm. So I think... Um, he has a DB3 in the book, if you want to know that. I didn't want to know that. <laughs> but by the time that the film came out... DB5 was a new car. 5 was a new one. What's the next question? Question number Since we're two. on the subject of the end. Right, question number two. How many years will the gold stay radioactive if Goldfinger's plan goes to fruition? And this is not what James Bond says. No. It's what Goldfinger corrects him. Yes, what's the real number? Um, Something that is a big part of this film, and I think... I would even put it as a... like If we're talking about Bond moments next, I would Mm -hmm. actually put this as a Bond moment. Because the song in particular and the yeah. theme of this film is, I know we spoke at the DB5 and stuff like that, that is the strongest thing of this film whatsoever. The song is in my head and it's been in my head for five hours now. <laughs> but <coughs> Shirley Bassey, who came on, who has done countless other James Bond films, pitched for other ones as well. Mm-hmm. John Barry writing the song, doing the score as well. Yep. It is iconic. And again, that huge vocal that big brass yeah. ensemble keeping the theme throughout the film as well yeah, yeah. is what they did for not even every like every modern film as well like David Ar- Arnold and such when yeah. he brought characters have themes and stuff yeah he puts that through and it sticks with everything like mm-hmm. two notes see that that right there two notes Everybody you know exactly what it, what it is and I like the story in the document they talked about Michael Caine hearing that for the first time yeah being the first person and I said to you in the car I was like that would be cool, but Michael Caine has enough stories. Like, yeah. if that was me, I'd be telling that to everybody. Everyone, everyone I met, I was the first person to hear Goldfinger. Michael Caine knows enough. And has <laughs> been through enough so experiences many. that that's almost been diluted. But yeah, that score, mixed with, not just Shirley Bassey, but I think that type of vocals as well, mm-hmm. it's it just... is again a, a blueprint for almost, for quite a lot of the... Yeah. songs after the big hell note right at the end yeah we know what they, they, they do at Thunderbolt as well yeah they, they know what the formula is yeah that works and even after the film the song stands on its own it's a song mm-hmm. written for the film I don't really know of many other James Bond films where the song there's maybe only four or five that actually stand on their own and people listen to them as in like what a great song yeah just have is. it on their playlist yeah the Carly Simon is probably uh, nobody does it get better that's yeah. there Live and Let Die Live and Let Die um, maybe even Diamonds Are Forever I'd say Diamonds Are Forever uh, You Know My Name like those yeah. songs just stand on their own merit and I think with that they were like right that works really well the people like this song yeah. I don't know how it did well in charts and stuff but that works let's stick with that and even after it people will be 
I think yeah. if you're in the cinema, you would actually shite yourself as soon as that started. Yes, <laughs> Sorry for headphone users. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is good. And what I liked about it was when John Barry was talking about it, because um, he did the first two films as well. So the first film, because it's set in Jamaica, has some like Jamaican rhythms and instruments in it. And the second film's got some Turkish elements in it. And he really went ham on the gold theme because he has so many brass and metal yeah. instruments in this theme and he, was, he specifically wanted that as a sort of nod so that that's a very bombastic brass yeah. score just to relate the, the full yeah. theme of the film, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't need I to think do that. that's quite interesting and if, they, if he chose gold and brass yeah. to... to be the theme because of gold, but then yeah. inadvertently that's been like that's the theme for every for Bond everything. film. I think we are a lot, not a lot of people know this, but we are equally qualified. Maybe you're more qualified to talk about music things since the theme tune for this song, that this song for this podcast is a James Bond song uh-huh. that we were involved in. Oh yeah, for so, this podcast. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we have experience of writing music. In this and sort of genre. mixing and such like that, you have experience in recording. Yeah. Many, many degrees in record. I don't know how many degrees many you've degrees. got recording. So yeah, we know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about in music. Well, do we? Shirley Bass is good. Shirley John Bass. John, John, John Bass. John, John Bassy sister. Calvin Bass. <laughs> Calvin. Calvin Bass is some composer. <laughs> so yeah, the that was a, a moment for me. Um, the other moments, the magic hat. For a mod job. Mod job's magic hat, yeah. Gryffindor! <laughs> the ejector seat we've just spoke about already. The laser sequence. The laser. The laser sequence as well. The laser. Is everything with lasers is for a villain now. Yes. The la- If the villain has a laser, uh-huh. that's it. Like, I'm going to cut you in half with a uh-huh. laser. It was so absurd. Absurd. But. Over the top. Yeah, it, it's a. Uh, Another iconic scene, like, that's still. Because it, it also gets parodied so often. Yes. Like, The Simpsons parodied yes. it uh, for that episode, You Only Move Twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's Frank like... Scorpio. Um, and he has that James Bond yeah. kind of character, Mr. Bunt. <laughs> Stop him, he's supposed to die. And then Homer tackles him and he just gets shot. Simpsons, I love Stop The Simpsons. Stop plugging The Simpsons! <laughs> Um, but yeah, it gets parodied, and yeah. obviously gold members, gold finger yeah. and stuff. But this is why this film is so influential. It's just it always goes back to this film. This, yeah, in my opinion, this started the James Bond kind of as we know it. Yeah, for going totally. forward. This is where it worked, like cinematically. The Goldfinger death as well. I've asked a friend of mine who's a training pilot if that's possible. He's just not got back as of yet. I don't think it is possible to get sucked out the. The window. I'd, Maybe the. I think the effect of the the fuselage depressurizing would be Maybe. something. However, it's a very small opening. Mm-hmm. So if it was bigger, then less pressure. Small. It's the same amount of pressure in the cabin, but if it's through one bit, mm-hmm. it's mo- more pressure. I don't know. I should. I should know this. You should know that. But, <laughs> but I don't. Um, but there was a there was a plane like in real life that had all of its fuselage, like the top half, rip off, and they still managed to land safely. With yeah, but that's a it. that's a bigger opening. But I don't. Why think... does a why does a pin go into a wall? 
when a golf tee doesn't. You've put the same amount of pressure into right. both of them. Just pre- the, the the pin has a smaller surface smaller. area. Oh, surface area, and it pushes in. Golf tee is a bigger surface area, so it doesn't go in. Like you need to use more force. Mm. So like the plane, if you opened a plane with a small amount, the same amount of pressure has to escape. Right. Which is why it's almost like a drain. But then if you have a large opening, uh-huh. the same amount of pressure open, goes out a large opening, so it doesn't have as much of a... We should have a, a physics side <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm sure that's the way it works with atmospheric pressure and such. If I'm wrong, correct me. I don't know these things. Um, do you have any other Bond moments? Yeah, well, I had the laser. The laser. So... When we say Bond moments, I'll just reiterate it. It's like iconic, impactful and memorable moments that would be trailer worthy or moments that you just can't wait to talk to your friends about. It's what we define as a Bond moment. And this for, film is loaded with them. It's, yeah, From every, the get-go, every ten minutes. disguised as a duck. Yeah, the duck disguise, yeah. the tuxedo under it. Even that, that's like the first two minutes. Yeah, because then the, the, the white the white tuxedo come comes out again. Yeah, the gold woman, the gold woman. Because then that's that's actually reiterated. Yes, that's actually reiterated in Quantum of Solace Quantum with Solace the oil. The oil. Um, I've got the ejector seat, which we've spoken about, and the statue with the odd jobs hat. That yes. is cool. Yes, that is that's an iconic moment as well. Every scene has some iconic moment. And I think this is where the one-liners start to come into more, more effect this time. That's a really a, terrible one, though. There was a couple in the previous films, but this is where it's like it's just staple. It's going to be in every film. He has to say something. Shocking, funny. shocking is a good one. Shocking, positively shocking is good. It's nice and quite dark, but yeah. it's good. The worst is played as Golden Harp. The Golden Harp. As soon as you said that, I was, like, oh, I was like, that's not even clever. <laughs> Yeah, those moments are pretty iconic. Definitely the the laser, I would say, is the biggest one. Yeah. And maybe the golden gel? Yes. The golden gel. I think that's... Goldfrank has a gold gun at the end. He has a gold gun. And the gun. army think that he's a real general, and it's like, uh-huh. hey, how did... How, like, <laughs> did you get here before? <laughs> how many headshots did you get with that gun? I don't get that. It's a Call of Duty joke, but... No. Don't no, get it. No. He has a golden gun, and then is it Scaramanga has also a golden gun? That is the golden gun. Mm-hmm. I think this is, is just a gold. This is just a gold-plated gun? revolver thing. Would that work as effectively? Because no, it'll, no it'll, be a, it'll be plated though. Mm. It'll work. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. I, I like know. how the first person he shoots with it is his own guy. His <laughs> own, the, 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 the nuclear guy, yeah. <laughs> And then the next shot was um was his downfall. Yes, in the plane. He shoots it. Shot the plane. That was kind of Idiot. some you kinda of seen I guess you could say you seen that coming when Pussy Galore and James Bond talk about it. Like, he explains what's going to happen yeah. and by explaining it the audience are like, Well that must be true. James yeah. Bond said it. And then it And I believe everything James Bond says. I hate the Beatles now. <laughs> he hates the Beatles and you can die by painting your skin. Yes. Which you can't no. do life because you don't breathe through your skin, really, do you? Your skin does breathe, but you would need to cover everything, like your scalp and your yeah. <laughs> arse crack and your eyelids and everything. <laughs> There's some thick paint, yeah. Yeah. 
How did he do that? How was there no how was there no drops on the bed? <laughs> yeah, so odd jobs in the room watching them go at it. <laughs> and then when he gets up, he karate chops him. Yeah. And then spends what like hours painting this girl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even question the hotel security. Because I've just remembered like see at the start, uh-huh. Sean Connor and his weird blue thing yeah. walks up and just goes uh, mate, come here and then he just takes her key and goes that's Mr Goldfinger, sweet and he goes I do and then he just goes, he goes, goes thank in. you and then walks and then she just goes well that's fine <laughs> what, where's the security? The no, I don't Oddjob just walked her out of there probably in the scud uh-huh. threw in a truck <laughs> gold brought back everyone bats does bat an eye just thinks oh, that's fine yeah just don't mind me and my golden woman. <laughs> Dripping all over the floor. <laughs> Last question. <laughs> Try and think where we go from odd job just dragging a corpse through the hotel. Gold. People walk up, excuse me, just chops. Just throws his hat at someone. Uh, I'll do the last question. You, you can do the last question. Uh, right. I'm trying to read my writing. What? <laughs> what? What? I can't read the first word. What fast food brand is Felix Leiter parked outside when they're tracking Bond? All about branding. About branding. More branding. You might know it if you. You should should know it if you know where they are. You also kind of have a, a guess of at the time three. Yeah, probably. Yeah, three. that could that could be three with that. Um, Did you know that you can buy that sort of uh, outfit he wears at the hotel at the very start? That sort of blue onesie thing. You can buy that on the James Bond website. How much is it? Three hundred ninety-five. I'm not even surprised. There's, you can get. I looked at it this morning. You get a blue one, a black one, and a cream one. It is essentially a onesie that you've cut the legs off. Yeah. Do you go swimming in it? Do you walk around no. in it? No, because he wears just shorts underneath it in the film. I don't think I would wear that in public. No. Well, maybe. Mm. If James Bond can do it, so can you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then also, you can, i also seen that, that you can get his Penfold Hearts of balls. How much is that? What is it Penfold Heart? Is that Penfold is that a brand? Is the or, brand. Oh, is that an actual brand? I wasn't sure if because obviously there's like Slazinger. Yeah, Slazinger is an actual brand. I wasn't sure if Penfold is um, an actual brand. It's uh, twelve balls is thirty five pound or something, and you can get like a replica of Old Job's hat without the steel rim and everything for seven nine five. Do you know we were Rachel did notice the the hat that Diana Rigg wears and. I just take it service. Like that's a really nice hat, and it came up like an ad the other day, and you can get it. It was like three hundred and fifty. Oh pounds. really? I'm just like no, no, no one's buying that. Yeah, Meta's listening to you. Yeah, is listening. Um, I have nothing else to talk about with that. Do you want to go into the? No, do you want a funny fact though? Before we stop. This? Right. So Harold Sakata, who plays Odd Job, yes, wasn't the first choice to play Odd Job. They had somebody else who auditioned for the role, but he was already a henchman for Dr. No. 
like oh, un- right. an uncredited henchman in the lair. So they decided to get somebody new. Both people that went for the role were wrestlers. I know that Harold Sakata was actually an Olympian wrestler. Right. And he won silver at like the London Games uh-huh. in 48, 49. And that's, and they, that's where they saw him. Uh-huh. And so the other guy who is the the bodyguard for Dr. No, they, they, he said, why don't we have a wrestling match? And the winner <laughs> of the wrestling match gets to play odd job. I think more casting should be like Because <laughs> they were both wrestlers, and they, so he said, let's have a wrestling match. And um, the producers were like, no, that's a stupid idea. Let's just give it to... Oh, they didn't do it? No, they didn't oh, do it in the end, which would have been funny. That would have been quite funny, actually. I would have preferred that. You should have just lied to me and told me. <laughs> they actually what didn't. happened? They started chopping each other. Yeah. That is quite a funny story. That's quite good. So, we come now to the point. And I, I know where I know where my mind is going with them. Um, where we are ranking it yes. on the board. I know exactly where my mind is going, but I'm 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 unsure. I'm unsure with you. Do you mean right now or once we have them all? What? Once we have all the films on the no, board, like or right now, where it is ranked right now. Right, so, so I, 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 for for me, the uh, is yeah, it better for, from from Russia with Love? Yes, because you said you loved that film last week. I thought it was a great film. I didn't say I loved it, but I think um, yeah, Goldfinger. I can't move because I'm I'm trapped here on the couch. Right, well, I I'll move it. But uh, yeah, Goldfinger is better than from Russia with Love with me. As we can see, the films are as they're going on getting better, in my opinion. Yep, the higher up the board. still there. The but, um, yeah, uh, I think Goldfinger was... It is an all-time great, so I feel like it's going to... At the end of this, it will be up the top somewhere. And yes. I totally agree, it's totally a top five film. Yes. It's one of those where, when I was coming to watch it, I was like, mm, is this overhyped? I really want to re-watch this, I know all about it. And then when I did watch it, I was like, oh yeah, this is it why. Is good. This it is, is still why good. it's so... Everybody it is loves it. It's so good. I've had to pick up art moments, but most of the film is timeless. Timeless. There's a few moments that I'm just kind of like... <laughs> yeah, there's some dated scenes, some scenes that maybe could... Oh, that's a very... That's a very political, like, there's some dated scenes. <laughs> there's some Do you s- work for Disney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a dated some, scene. There's certainly some dated scenes that I'm just kind of like... Mm. <laughs> what yeah, do, that wouldn't fly nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, but um, overall, an enjoyable film. Yeah, and uh, a very enjoyable watch and read. And an enjoyable episode, maybe. Maybe. That's what for the viewers to listen. Don't you hate it? Uh, that's actually a good plug for... Um, if you have enjoyed this episode and you're on Spotify, why not go ahead and give that wee five stars? If you're on Apple Podcast, I believe it's also a rating, maybe? Possibly. I think so. If you're on YouTube, then if you could give it a like and a subscribe. Hit that and, bell icon. Uh, hit that bell icon. And uh, I don't know any other... I know we're on multiple other platforms like yeah. Amazon and such. Like I, I don't know how they work. No, nobody knows. I, I, I don't understand. But yes, a, a nice little a nice little rating would go down well. And, and t-shirts and mugs as you want them on the yeah. store. Yeah. Feels nice. It does actually feel quite comfortable. I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's it's a nice t-shirt. The mugs are good too. I'll actually be using this. Buy it. Buy it now. Yes. 
It's okay. much cheaper than anything you'll get in James Bond's store. Yes, it is significantly cheaper <laughs> by, I think, about 3,000%. <laughs> cheaper than that. You can buy many, many hats and yes. jackets for the price of uh, many of these t-shirts. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done telling people how cheaper <laughs> t-shirts and mugs are. Good quality uh, though, Yes, right? we'll see you next time when we were talking about uh, Thunder... Thunderball. Tom Jones. And the man himself. Big held not, passed out, but we'll be talking about that at that time. Just giving away half the episode. I know. <laughs> okay. The For You Rose on the podcast will return. Okay, right. Bye-bye. Bye.